Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see you all here. We're going to be in the uh, book of Psalms, uh, Psalms 23. And as I mentioned uh, last week, we uh, were going to kind of cover Psalm 22, Psalm 23. Uh, together, and then hopefully next week I'd really like to uh, dive into uh, Psalm 24 as well. But uh, <clears throat> as our, we look here, our text here, um, we're going to be looking here about Jesus being our guiding shepherd. And uh, one of the things is, is we shouldn't fear because Jesus is our guiding sh- shepherd here. Um, and as we remember last week, we looked at uh, Psalm 22 about Jesus being our suffering uh, Savior, and really you don't understand about Jesus being a guiding shepherd until you understand that Jesus is our suffering Savior, and really those things just really go together. What's interesting is Psalm 22, 23, and 24 just really harmonize together, and uh, hopefully next week we'll look at uh, Psalm 24 about Jesus being our exalted king, uh, that there is no king like him. And uh, there's just some interesting, wonderful things here uh, in the Psalms, and especially Psalm 22, Psalm 23, and Psalm 24. But this morning, I want to focus our attention on these few verses here in Psalm 23. And I I would venture to guess that all of us uh, either have this memorized, we can uh, quote it verbatim, or we've also are very familiar with this Psalm. Uh, But this is what I'd like for you to take away with you today. Jesus is our shepherd, and he will guide you through all circumstances. Jesus is our shepherd, and he will guide you, he'll guide me through all circumstances. So let's take notice here uh, in this psalm here. As we read through this psalm, I I want you to see that David is writing here really out of a heart of contentment. And Jesus is our shepherd that provides for us even in the midst of struggling circumstances. And that contentment comes from experiencing all that our good shepherd has provided for us. Uh, As uh, Peter said in 2 Peter uh, 1.3, he says, I can pray this because his divine power has bestowed on us everything necessary for life and godliness through the rich knowledge of the one who called us by his own glory and excellence. I want you to think about that, that God has given us everything to sustain us, and he's given us everything necessary for life and godliness. So everything God gives us, he guides us, and he provides for us as being our shepherd. So the very first thing that I want you to take notice of here is the fact of, is Jesus your shepherd? Is Jesus your shepherd? Notice verse number one here in Psalm 23. David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Is Jesus your shepherd? David makes it personal. You know, many people like to apply this psalm to themselves for its soothing effect. But they do not know the Lord as their personal shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That's what David says. Jesus made it very clear that this is not a a blanket truth. Not everyone has Jesus as his or her personal shepherd. In John chapter 10, verses 25 through 28, some of Jesus' critics said this, If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus replied, 
I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name. These bear witness of me, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they shall never perish. So according to Jesus, the way to become one of his sheep then is to hear what he claimed is verified in the things that he did and to believe it in the sense of following him. And at the core of what Jesus taught and did was really the cross. And as we looked at last week, we saw Jesus as being that suffering savior on the cross. And really that's what it comes down to of when we have that belief in what Christ did for us and we trust in that and we put our faith in it, then we, in fact, then do become one of his sheep. And again, I, I think it's really amazing that Psalm 23 follows right in suit with Psalm 22. You have uh, Jesus being forsaken by God as he bears our sin on the cross. And then it's only after that that we read, the Lord is my shepherd. So I must believe in him as my sacrificial substitute who died on the cross for my sins before I can know him as my good shepherd who meets my every need. And so without Psalm 22, there really is no Psalm 23. And so I would ask that question, is the Lord your shepherd? David said that the Lord is my shepherd. And so if we're not going to be uh, entangled by fear, then we have to know the shepherd. We have to know him personally. Here's the second thing I want you to notice about this psalm. Secondly, Jesus provides for his sheep. If I can remind you again what Peter says in, uh, in 2 Peter, he said, His divine power has bestowed on us everything necessary for life and godliness. Take a look at here at verses 2 through 3 in uh, Psalm 23. David gives us four things that the Lord actually provides for us, that the shepherd provides for his sheep. Notice what he says here, verses 2 through 3. He makes me lie down in green pastures. So the shepherd provides for us spiritual pastures to eat. He makes me lie down in green pastures. One of the things about sheep is that they will not lie down until they've eaten enough. Then they will con contently lie down to chew the cud. God has given us his word and it is his word that brings provision for his sheep. Can I ask you an honest but very frank question? What have you been feeding on this week? What have you been feeding on this past month? If it has not been the promises of God's word, if it has not been God's word, then really what you're doing is you're feeding on everything else that the world gives you. And could it be no wonder that if we have been filling our minds with media and then we wonder why we're so anxious and troubled, God's word has everything for the believer in Christ. And in order to be sustained, and if we would feed on it daily and chew on it as the sheep do the cud, we would find rest and security in Christ himself as being our shepherd. Secondly, the shepherd provides water for us to drink. Listen to what he says here. He says, he leads me beside quiet waters or waters of rest. 
That is, waters by which the flock may rest because their thirst has been quenched. Sheep cannot be content if it is thirsty, if they are thirsty. In John chapter 7, verses 37 through 38, Jesus, our good shepherd, said, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from the innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. What was Jesus talking about here? Well, John explains that Jesus was speaking of the Holy Spirit whom Jesus would give to those who believe. You know, the Bible teaches that that we are born again through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's John chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. It teaches us that He indwells, the Holy Spirit indwells every believer. Romans chapter 8, verse number 9. We learn that the Spirit empowers us to live holy lives as we depend upon Him. That's Galatians 5, 16 through 23. He gives us hope in the trials of life, Romans 5, 3 through 5, and uh, chapter 15, verse number 13. He guides, according to Acts chapter 13, verses 2 through 4, and Acts chapter 16, 6 through 7. He teaches us, 1 John chapter 2, 27. He prays for us, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, and He gives us help and comfort, John chapter 14, 16 and John 15, 26. He gives us spiritual gifts according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. He empowers us to bear witness of Jesus Christ throughout the world. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. What provision that the Lord actually does provide for His people? But I ask myself this question then. If the Lord has so provided for me as one of His sheep in spiritual drink, Why then do I try to quench my thirst in another way? In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse number 13, the Lord speaks through Jeremiah to tell the people the wrong that they have done. Listen to what God said to His people. My people have committed a double wrong. They have rejected me, the fountain of life-giving water, and secondly, they have dug cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns, which cannot even hold water. Would God say the very same thing about us? That we as human beings, that we start to depend so much on anything and everything else except God, that we honor Him with our lips, but yet our heart is far from Him? You see, it's so important to understand that we as human beings can be guilty of the very exact same thing, of running to everything else except God for sustenance, to be sustained. There's a fantastic book by Philip Keller called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. And in the book, Keller says in referencing to the sheep drinking water, he says that sometimes stubborn sheep will not wait for the clear, pure water that the shepherd is leading them to. They stop to drink from the polluted potholes along the trail, contaminated with the manure and urine of previous flocks. It satisfies their thirst for the moment, but it will eventually riddle them with parasites and diseases. It's the price they pay for instant gratification and not following the shepherd to clear water. Thirdly, look what else he says that the, the shepherd provides for us. He says that he restores my soul. The word restore here means turning back or refreshing. 
This is such a beautiful picture of our, of our sanctification here. Sometimes sheep stray off the trail, not knowing the dangers that are present there. Sometimes sheep get separated from the flock and a predator is waiting there just ready to pounce on them and pick off the, the, the weak sheep. Sometimes sheep can also become cast. In other words, sometimes sheep fall over and they're on their back and the sheep can't get up. And if a sheep is left on its back for a, a prolonged period of time, it could die. And so... As God's sheep, we can stray from the path He has called us to walk in. Sometimes we are enticed by the world or the desire of our old nature. Our enemy is waiting to pick off those straying sheep. Does it not teach us that Satan walks about seeking, as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour? He's looking, he's waiting. And so when we start to stray, we're in grave danger and need restoration. So how does the Lord restore us? He does it through two ways. Number one, he uses his word. Psalm 19.7 teaches us that the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. It's the exact same word. 2 Timothy 3.16-17 through 17 states, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God even uses others to do the restoration process. This is why it's so important as a, as a church that we gather together, okay? Because God uses people as we gather together to bring about restoration in each other's lives. Galatians chapter 6 verse number 1 says, If anyone is caught in a, in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. James 5, 19 through 20 says, My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Fourthly, look at this. Look what else the shepherd provides for his sheep. Fourthly, the shepherd guides us. Look what he says. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. You see, all of us need guidance, myself included. All of us need guidance. We need guidance to know how to live in this confusing world. God's word tells us, go this way. Don't go that way. His paths of righteousness. Even in the past week, you've probably heard a lot of different guidance, right? From the experts telling you what you can and cannot do. There's a lot of guidance going on. But what guidance should we be getting? From the word of God. Because it is him that guides us. Let God guide you. Again, I ask you, what has guided you this past week, this past month? Has Christ really been your shepherd as he has been leading you? Have you been trusting him? Have you been trusting in the shepherd for that guidance? Look at a third thing here. Jesus walks with us in the hard times. Jesus walks with us in the hard times. Look at Psalm 23, verses uh, 4 through 5. It says here, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 
for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. You know, Christians are not exempt from difficulties or trials. This is one of the many heirs of the prosperity gospel message is the fact that if you're a believer in Christ, you're not going to have any problems or difficulties. The life is going to be great. This is your best life now. Well, if this is your best life now, <laughs> uh, I don't think that I really want to have this type of life, okay? But God's word teaches us here that even the sheep, as the shepherd is leading, they will go through difficulties and trials. I want you to notice something very interesting in this psalm, particularly look at this. Look how David shifts his language here, okay? In the psalm, verses 1 through 3, David is speaking here and he uses the word he, referring to the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. But then look at this. Then he makes a shift from being he to something a little bit more personal now. And he starts to say this. He uses the word here, you, referring to the Lord. All of a sudden, it, it is as become, it's become more personal in David's life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He does this, he does this, he does this. But now all of a sudden, he says, verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Why the change? Why not say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with me. Why the change, David? Why the change? Because now it's become more personal in David's life. I believe in times of trial, we need to draw closer in communion with the shepherd. Notice what kind of trials are pictured here for us in this psalm. Number one, there's times of fear. The valley of the shadow of death. Why does the shepherd lead us through these valleys? Again, in the book, uh, the shepherd looks at Psalm 23. The author points out, because the valley is usually the most gentle route to the higher summer feeding grounds. Also, valleys have the best source of water and thus provide the best feeding spots on the way to higher ground. It would be wise of us to remember that as human beings, we are always in the valley of the shadow of death. Always. David said in 1 Samuel 20, verse number 3, that he was one step away from death. David said that, that, that man's life is but the breadth of a hand. Do not boast of yourself of tomorrow, for you don't know what a day may bring forth. We're always in the valley of the shadow of death. And so we should not fear. Why? Because it is the Lord who is guiding us. And take note of what gives the sheep comfort. Verse 4, his rod and his staff, they are there to comfort them. The rod that the shepherd used was a symbol of authority. And it was used to ward off predators and to discipline wayward sheep. And it's a comfort to know that God is in charge and to be subject to his authority in a time of fear. The staff was a symbol of, of concern and it used to draw the sheep to the shepherd and to guide them on the right path. 
And so the sheep could be comforted by the rod and staff, knowing that they would be used for their own benefit, even if it might hurt at times. So the Lord definitely does lead us through the valley of the shadow of death. Secondly, look at this, in times of conflict. He says, in the presence of mine enemies. The Bible is clear that the Christian life is not free from conflict. If you stand for God's word, for truth, you will have enemies and conflict. Even Jesus said this. He says, the world hates you. Why? Because they hated me. And so if you are going to identify with Jesus Christ, if you are going to live your life according to the word of God, then you will have enemies. You will have critics. That's just a fact of life. Nobody likes conflict. I don't like conflict. Does anybody here like conflict? No. If you do, there's something wrong. <laughs> but nobody likes conflict. But the shepherd takes care of his own by preparing a table for them in the presence of their enemies. Look at this. Thirdly, times of annoyance. You anoint my head with oil. Why does David write about being anointed with oil here? Specifically, what does this teach us about the shepherd? And what does this teach us about being the sheep? Well, sheep get wounded as they are being led. They get scratched, they get bit, they get attacked, they get hurt. And in order for the shepherd to lead those sheep to places where they can be calm and lay down, the shepherd's anointed sheep with oil to heal their wounds and to keep the flies and the bugs off. Now, please listen to me oh so carefully. I know this whole situation that our world is in right now has brought some annoyances and irritants in our lives. More than 4.4 million Americans filed for unemployment benefits just last week. From March 15th to April 18th, 26.5 million people have probably been laid off or furloughed. Even in our fellowship here, people have been affected by joblessness. On top of that, there has been misinformation, miscommunication, and fear-mongering that has spread like wildfire throughout our world. There has been a pandemic of anxiety. And this situation has made enemies out of friends and has caused love for neighbor to turn into suspicion. Sadly, this has even brought division even within the body of Christ. So as believers in Christ, as sheep of the shepherd, how are we to deal with with all these situations? How are we to deal with all these irritants and all these annoyances? How do we find rest in a restless world? Well, to cope with frustrating circumstances and people, we need qualities like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Where do these come from? The Holy Spirit. In the Bible, oil is often a picture of the Holy Spirit. And it is our good shepherd that has given us oil of the Spirit to keep irritations from bugging us. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But we need to be guided by our shepherd as he leads us in the times, in the hard times of fear, of conflict, and of annoyances. We need to choose to walk in the Spirit. 
And that's a daily choice that we all must make. When we get up, we must choose to walk in the Spirit. Walk the way that Christ has commanded us to walk. Walk in the provisions that He has already given us. He's given us the Holy Spirit, but are we being filled by the Holy Spirit? Let's wrap all this psalm up. Lastly, verse number 6. Look what he says here. Psalm 23, verse number 6. He says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The shepherd's goodness and love pursues us. Think about that. The shepherd's love and goodness pursues us. It's running after us. It's chasing us. It's running hard after us. His love and His goodness does that. Learn to look for God's goodness and love in every situation. Because isn't it interesting that it is God who is in control of every situation? And so even in a situation that we find ourselves in now, what should we be doing? We should be looking for the goodness of God in that situation. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God who are called according to His purpose. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a promise from Psalm 23. Those that know the shepherd, they will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And if you're one of his sheep, then your future is secure. You will always be in God's fold in this life and in eternity. As Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 8, verses 36 through 37, As it is written, for your sake, we encounter death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we have complete victory through Him who loved us. As we go through life, people are looking at us. Oh, death, 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 everywhere. Death, 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 death. Hey, listen, that's what Scripture teaches us here. We encounter death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we have complete victory through Him who loved us. Let's pray together.